1: Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSEN, the sports betting network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the show. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard. I'm one of your hosts. Uh, half your hosting team in Vegas, the other half of the hosting team is across America all the way out, and Boston is Josh Applebaum. Good afternoon, Josh.
2: Good afternoon, Pritch. Happy Wednesday, my man. I got to tell you what, Pritch. It's about 50 degrees in Boston. The okay. snow is melting. Uh, I feel like March Madness is in the air. We got conference tournaments right. starting already. It's also Adam Burke Day. Can't wait to get Adam's take on uh, specifically um, one of the smaller conferences to uh, with games in action today. I think he has a play on. So we'll walk through how to approach conference tournaments, how they're different from the regular season. Really excited about that, Pritch. The only thing stopping me today is Major League Baseball. I mean, with, oh. with spring in the air, the fact that they couldn't come to an agreement yesterday. really Really, really gives a black eye to the sport and uh, I just can't believe that you know we're not gonna have baseball uh to start you already canceling the first two series everything in life is good except MLB MLB shame 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 I can't believe they didn't come to an agreement Pritch we need baseball and I don't want this delay to go to go any longer let's get some baseball in our yeah, lives yeah
1: it's a thunder punch to the gut to be honest with you Josh Apple I, have, I have bomb. if I told you it was 75 degrees out here would you be mad at me I wouldn't be mad at you at all Pritch, okay. because you know what
2: 75 is great. When you get to like 80, 90, 100, that's when a a Northeastern guy, (laughs) uh, you know, when I go to Vegas, that's when I start to sweat too much. So, yeah, I'm jealous. But, Pritch, we got to get the snow out of here.
1: Let's get baseball going. Let's get uh, March Madness. Should be a good Wednesday. Yeah, I tell you what, um, the Madness is here. Uh, Certainly we can wait for Selection Sunday, but the Madness is here. Uh, I was talking just before the show with Ben Wilson, our producer, about if only I would have just stuck with Providence. Right? I cashed in a few tickets from the Big East, whether it's UConn or Providence, but uh, I could have just pressed that bet uh, each and every week, each and every game. I mean, that would have been highly profitable. Uh, this Providence basketball team, the Friars, is so resilient. Uh, even after a week off against Nova, Nova had that extra rest, and they still had a tough time against Providence.
2: They really did. And Pritch, I'm going to take some blame for that. So uh, I was obviously on Villanova <laughs> there. You know, you had that reverse line move public Providence, but the line went to Nova minus 10 up to, or minus nine, up to 10 at some shop. So Pritch, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a free bet on me tonight, be, today, <laughs> because I was the one who maybe talked you out of that play, but really you give a, give a shout out there to Providence. I mean, uh, the, the market was kind of bullish on, on Villanova there, yep. uh, seeing the line go in their favor, but Providence is a team that really showed you something yesterday. And they got down at one point, I think they're down by like 11 or 12. And you're saying, and okay, you know, the odds makers were spot on with this number, but battling back and really making it close there at the end. This is a team that could make some noise when you get to conference tournament time. So uh, Pritch, I, I'm sorry about that play. I shouldn't have talked you off the ledge with Providence. I owe you a bet today.
1: Okay. I'll take the uh, bet that you want to give me. You don't owe it to me though. Uh, it was just my own decision on that one, but yeah, I, I kind of waffled on it. I probably should have stuck uh, to, uh, to what I was thinking originally with Providence uh, moving on to some other college hoops. Okay. Purdue Owens six. Now, when and held under 70 points. Credit Wisconsin and uh, the effort that they have, and they put forward defensively, hit some big buckets down the stretch, too. Off the backboard, that's okay. Uh, but yet, that was a game we talked about, too. Concerns were Purdue, one of the better teams offensively, if not the best team offensively uh, in the country. But defensively, a little shaky there
2: yeah really shaky and again the advantage going with Purdue I was on Purdue here another another loser for me yesterday it was kind of a rough day Pritch. so uh, what was interesting to me though is the fact that you know number one Purdue is an offensive minded team averaging you know 80 points a game something around there when you get into these lower scoring games obviously that really hurts them and also you know things are great when you're, you're up big you're at home you're, you're a big favorite here when you have to go on the road and play a tough Wisconsin team which Pritch, yeah. that atmosphere you got to give oh, credit man. I mean that building was absolutely rocking there uh, but I would say you know uh, a couple Backboards. I know the bank was open there, but uh, out, me sweating Purdue on the money line with you know Ivy hitting that three to tie it up. Of course, you get a couple of bank shots there, and now I saw uh, the kid who made that shot is now selling a, a shirt there. So hopefully, you know he'll he'll, uh, he'll live that forever. But. Another fade the trendy dog where the trendy dog came through to me. That's the story of yesterday where I want to bet against these trendy dogs, but oddsmakers took a hit. You know, books took a hit. Contrarian betters took a hit. Kind of the obvious play here, and I don't want this to, you know, with some betters kind of skew you off these plays. Take each game individually, make the smartest decision that you can make. But in situations like this, you know, over the long haul, I think that fade the trendy dog play will be a profitable one for you. But yesterday, you know, t- tip your cap to these dogs. They really came through in a lot of these spots.
1: Yeah, I was, I was Wisconsin's off to. Chain, Josh, when it comes to atmosphere. I was able to uh, broadcast a college football game. Russell Wilson and all you know, out there with Wisconsin. Camp Randall was just uh, electric. I uh, highly recommend anybody's experience from college football to get out there. College basketball as well. Uh, getting to the NBA, uh, some closing line. Uh, value losers. I mean, we talked about the Warriors uh, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. There was some steam going on during the show uh, because of some injury news. I mentioned Russell and, and how complete this Timberwolves team. I didn't bet it. See, this is the thing, Josh. I talked this out with you, but I don't bet these games. and I should have because there was a chance to catch three and a half points there uh, with the T-Wolves. So truth be told, I was on the Warriors here. And I think this is
2: what makes uh, betting on sports so frustrating sometimes because, you know, I bet the Warriors when they were minus one, I, I got them on a money line play. Then what happens? We on the show, we kind of broke the news there that Anthony Edwards was questionable. turns out that he's out for this game. So opening like, you know, a pick 'em minus one Edwards is out. The thing gets all the way to minus four. So yeah. if you're consistently betting, you know, minus a minus one money line, when a line closes at four, you feel good about that. But this is how betting is difficult. We as betters can do our job. I mm-hmm. feel like I did my job job getting a good number there. But then of course, you know, the game is played on the court. Not all breaks go your way. So again, tough spot there. We did mention, I I think though, you know, at that point with the line getting so high, you missed a lot of the value and maybe it was just kind of a buy low contrarian play with uh, Minnesota at home. But Pritch, what's up with the Warriors, man? That was a schedule spot with the Timberwolves was back to back third and five games. You know, the Warriors, I think to your point, you hit the nail on the head. They're missing Draymond Green and right. some of these glue guys. Uh, but really, that was surprised to me, Pritch, seeing them not come through in a spot that the line really was going in their favor.
1: Yeah, Kurt's been mentioning uh, problems with the defense, like some concerns there. I mean, when you think about Iguodala not available as well as Draymond, I mean, those are two significant uh, misses right there for the Warriors basketball team. Uh, let's bring in our guest right now. He's Adam Burke, a senator daily newsletter writer, point spread weekly contributor, uh, sports betting analyst, all-around great guy
0: as well. Adam, how are you? <laughs> (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. It's good to be back with you guys. It's good to be back here in Vegas. And uh, Yeah, Josh, the 50 degrees is nice, but I'm I'm pretty happy with the sunny and 75 outside right here.
1: Yeah, I mean, you moved here from Ohio. So, yeah, this is uh, pretty nice um, weather we're having right now at the beginning of March. So we've had you on for years. uh, And as a baseball guy, because I know you are phenomenal when it comes to analyzing the game and betting the game of baseball, uh, i got to get your thoughts on the development or lack thereof between the owners and the players. I I hate the fact that they put the deadline on everything this past weekend as opposed to, what we're about the deadline in January or February even, Uh, but yet they, they moved it to last weekend to come to some type of agreement and we don't have opening day like we know it.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are so many fundamental issues with Major League Baseball right now between the league and between the players. And you look, obviously the owners are getting what they deserve out there in the social media circles and with the things that have been written about them. And Manfred as well, who's been over his head with this job since he pretty much started. But also what this shows to me is... Previously, when Tony Clark helped negotiate the the last CBA, the players did not get a good deal in that one. So now what we see is the players are trying to make up for basically two bad CBAs. I I wish that they'd be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more proactive in terms of replacing Tony Clark, because I don't think that he really helps out their side a whole lot. But look, obviously, I mean, you you talked about it. They spent 43 days not talking Mm -hmm. after the lockout started. And then Madfred comes out and says, well, you know, there's only so many days before opening day well you had 40 more that you could have talked about these different types of things and the reality is that they're both sides are remarkably far apart Mm -hmm. and I think that it might be the best thing for baseball to actually not have a season and just kind of start all of this from scratch going forward because there are so many issues that need to be addressed so my guess is we probably get baseball early May something like that I think they kind of figure it out as, as players lose money but at the same time you know this is something where they're they're fighting for things that they should be fighting for mm-hmm. and things that probably should have been addressed with previous TBAs.
2: Adam, I'm right there with you, and it's great to see you in studio. By the way, props to you doing uh, our last week's call from a gas station in South Carolina. That That's hard to do, my man. So uh, hopefully it's a little bit easier in the studio today. But uh, it's kind of almost like in college. You know, not that I'm going to say that I did this. I was a great student. But it's those kids who don't go to class all semester long, don't study at all, don't get the book, and then stay up all night, you know, cramming for the test and the final. So I actually hope maybe in a way this maybe blows up baseball to look at other things like a pitch clock you know uh maybe i don't know uh, expanded playoffs there's situations here where maybe because they're so far apart and they're getting hammered on social media that maybe they look at other things that they were reluctant to do before but adam let me ask you just from a betting angle standpoint you know a lot of these teams now that we're getting uh missing the two first series of the season does this look at win totals in situations like hey if your first six games were at home they said that they're not going to make up these games they're just canceled all entirely so does that provide an angle for maybe win totals If you're going to miss your first six games at home, this is going to be a competitive imbalance here for teams that were maybe on the road to start the season.
0: You know, generally a more volatile environment like this is something that a lot of bettors look to take advantage of. I don't know if I'm going to because we have over 200 free agents that are still unsigned. Players can't talk to coaches, can't talk to trainers, anything like that. You're going to have an expedited spring training whenever that may be. So I think that's a really big concern for these teams that these pitchers can't really talk to their coaches, can't really talk to the trainers that know their medicals and all of that. So I think for me it makes betting any season-long future a very, very challenging thing to do because a lot. A of new faces are going to be changing locations. There will be trades coming up whenever the lockout actually ends. So I think it's just hard. It's going to be tough for these players to get settled in, for these players to get situated, for these players to figure out what these coaches have in mind for them. I think it's a really, really difficult situation now for betting anything in the futures market, and it's probably going to limit what I end up doing preseason, and, and maybe I'll just look for second-half win totals or something like that.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. A lockout situation is never conducive for any type of betting, uh, but we do have the madness, gentlemen, and certainly we're going to get to that uh, after the break, uh, but right now we just got this special here at v get everything you need to bet the madness this year uh, with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Uh, Whether you are filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, on every team, conference, and player to watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Uh, Get to vcin.com slash madness right now. Uh, for $19 special. Come up next on program, though. We have Adam Burke in studio to help us out with conference tournament time. That's next. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on vSense, the Sports Betting Network. Hey everybody, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any MGM Casino on the strip with your state-issued ID. Open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. You're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel that you have a gambling problem, please call one 800 522 Four seven zero zero. Welcome back to the show. It's betting across America. I'm my picture, Josh Adam, uh, Josh Applebaum with you. Adam Burke is in studio. Uh V-CIN sports betting analyst, uh, daily newsletter writer, uh, point spread weekly contributor uh, as well. So, Adam, uh, we have the Big South Conference Tournament underway right now. Uh, I know you spoke about this and you mentioned this uh, in terms of conference tournament time, some betting angles that you like to um, utilize. Uh, What about conference tournament betting? Uh, Do you approach it differently, obviously, than you would a regular season?
0: Yeah, I think there are a lot of differences and things that you want to pay attention to, and, and one that's not exactly working out for me here in the Big South, but we were talking about it during the break. So they're playing in a, in a neutral site for the Big South tournament for the first time since 2016. Usually they'd play on the campus of the higher-seeded team. Mm-hmm. So I looked at this, and these are very small schools for the most part, very small gymnasiums and all that. They're playing in a 9,000-seat arena in Charlotte, the Bojangles Coliseum. So my thought process would be, okay, big shooting backdrop, very small crowd. You know, not a whole lot of stuff going on in the arena to generate buzz, all of that. Plus, the shooting backdrop is much, much different. It's much deeper than what they'd be used to seeing. So, my thought would have been take the unders. Well, scoring is is at a fever pitch in this tournament here so far. The first game went over the total by 20 points. This game it's going on right now, UNC Asheville and Charleston Southern. Total was 139. They got 78 points in the first half, so this one's trending way over as well. But it's really important to pay attention to the venues because some of them are just really bad for shooting, like Madison Square Garden for the Big East, like the Enterprise Center in St. Louis for the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. Those are proven with a track record, but if you get new venues, those are things that the Teams have to adjust to, and so you you know you try to get ahead of the market a little bit. The first game moved down in the Big South tournament, wound up flying over the total, but those are things that people try to take advantage of here at this time of the year that are unique to conference tournaments or those early season non-conference games in November and December.
2: Adam, I'm right there with you. That was kind of the biggest surprise to me so far for some of these conference tournaments that already started. I mean, years and years of data kind of shows that these neutral court unders, unfamiliar sight lines, backboards, pretty much a road game for both teams. They do tend to go under. Your point for this Radford game, it was unbelievable. The total opened 131 and a half. Smart money hit the under, brought it all the way down to 129. What happens? They score what almost 150 points there. I would say though that there was an interesting dog to fave line move on NCA and T. They actually open as like a one point dog flip to a one and a half point favorite. So that did come through for you. So let's see if maybe we get some of this regression or there's some years where maybe they just uh, seem to have a lot of points here. But uh, with what you're saying, Adam, you know, looking at these smaller conferences, I think you might have a play on the OVC tonight. So uh, throw at me what your play is and really kind of what led you to this play tonight.
0: Yeah. One thing I do want to mention with the Ohio Valley conference tournament, and this is something else I wrote about in point spread weekly this week uh, with five betting tips for conference tournaments. You've got a scenario here in the OVC where the top two seeds get a triple bye to the semifinals. It's the same thing in the West Coast Conference, which will be out here in Vegas. That is a huge advantage to the two best teams in that conference and understandably so. I mean, if you're a small conference, you want your best team in the NCAA tournament whenever you can get that. But the Missouri, or the, uh, excuse me, the Ohio Valley is one where the top two seeds, Murray State and Belmont, both get the triple bye to the semifinals. But as far as this game today, so SIU Edwardsville and Tennessee State, obviously a game on everybody's radar here. But Tennessee State, a 4-point favorite in this game. They were outstanding offensively in both regular season meetings. And I don't see any reason why this game should be any different despite being at a neutral venue in Evansville, Indiana. And it sort of speaks to something that you'll hear a lot at this time of the year. You're going to hear it's hard to beat a team 3 times in the same season. The reality is it's not. In fact, teams that are 2 and 0 in that third game, wins 70% of the time straight up. So it's not true. It is easy enough to beat a team three times in a season, especially if you're better than that team. So I think Tennessee State is better than SIU Edwardsville tonight. And one other point, too, and this was a big part of my handicap here today. So Tennessee State has three guys that shoot 84.5% or better at the free throw line. And that's really important come conference tournament time because these teams foul as much as humanly possible Mm. to try and extend the game, extend their seasons, and all of that. So if you are betting on a favorite in the conference tournament – you better make sure that they're either a good free-throw shooting team overall or that their guards are all good free-throw shooters. And that's the case here for Tennessee State tonight. So I think four is just too low of a number in this game.
1: Great uh, information right there, Adam. I mean, spectacular. Really, when you think about, for instance, you brought up the, the West Coast Conference. Uh, everybody's going to gravitate towards Gonzaga. Uh, that's the name. I think the casual better out there. Okay, less familiar with all the teams in this co- uh, conference. Uh, any value from a West Coast Conference uh, betting standpoint?
0: No, th- I mean, from a game-by-game standpoint, sure, but from a futures standpoint, mm-hmm. no, no, not at all whatsoever. And the big problem is because San Francisco, who's maybe the second-best team in the conference, you could say the third, especially with St. Mary's beating Gonzaga in that mm-hmm. regular season finale, San Francisco's the four-seed here. And BYU is the five. So one of those two teams will knock each other out for the right to play Gonzaga, for the right to lose to Gonzaga, basically, in that semifinal game. So that is a really good thing to bring up, though, Pritch, is that when you have a dominant number one seed and you do in the West Coast Conference with Gonzaga, I think you also do in the Colonial Athletic Association Conference Tournament with Towson. They're a very, very good team. So you want to look for futures value in the other half of the bracket, right? You don't want to go up against that number one team until you absolutely have to. So for me in the CAA, I took a look at a team like Hofstra, for example. It's plus 350. They are the second favorite to win the conference tournament, but they wouldn't play Towson until the end. Mm-hmm. You know, So you start looking at kind of how the draw shakes out in that bracket-style format. And if you want to play futures in some of these tournaments, then that's what you want to do. You want to look to avoid the number one seed as long as you possibly can because you, know, you, just, you don't want your team to get knocked out early. Yeah. If you get to the finals, you've got some hedging margins, some things you can play with, stuff like that. But, yeah, it's a really good point to bring up. that When you have a dominant number one seed, the Summit League with South Dakota State, same thing, you want to look for your futures value in the bottom of the bracket, try to pick a team to get through there, and then you can figure out something when the championship game comes around.
2: Adam, I think you might have talked me into a play right now. (laughs) That's with uh, Tennessee State here. I'm just looking at the line uh, to your point here. You know, they opened minus three. They're up to minus three and a half now, minus four. But also, you know, want to throw this at you in terms of totals, because obviously we're seeing, you know, the first game of the conference tournament today fly way over. Second game right now is on pace to go over. Anything could happen. They could get ice cold. But with that being said, that that Edwardsville game that you mentioned, that total opened like 138 and a half. It's all the way down now to 134 and a half. I think Ken Palm has close to 140 there ever look in these situations you know, for me, like in this case, like definitely some under money hit this hit this line. But if you're getting under 134 and a half right now when it opened 138 and a half, could it sail under? Yeah, but at that point you're kind of getting the worst of the number. Do you ever look for like huge moves? Like in this case, you know, now that it's at 134 and a half, would you maybe look to go over, maybe capitalize on this point streak here, or just your take on maybe uh, big extreme moves? Maybe like three or more points on the on a total, you know, two or more points on a spread. Could that be a way to to attack some of these games with these big line moves?
0: Yeah. You know, I think it's a really important shortcut that you can use when you, when you're able to find context clues in a line move, like for example, this one that you're talking about, Josh, I just talked about it. Teams will fall until there's no hope. You know, so that's one of those things where I generally expect games to be a little bit higher scoring come conference tournament time because there are all the trips to the free throw line and all of that. Also, too, the first two meetings between Edwardsville and Tennessee State, one forty five and one forty six in terms of total points scored. And here we've got this total moving down quite significantly. So to me, there are a couple of things to look at. One, maybe this venue, this neutral site, is a bad venue for shooting. Maybe it's an under venue there in Evansville. That's something I would follow up on. The second thing Is it would imply to me that Tennessee State has the chance to blow out Edwardsville here, which means longer possessions, taking the air out of the ball, you know, all that kind of thing. Maybe Edwardsville isn't even in a position to foul and extend the game. So I think looking for those context clues, particularly in these small conferences where the line moves will be very sharp in nature. Mm -hmm. This is not a publicly driven line move like it could be in a Duke, North Carolina or in a, you know, Auburn, Kentucky, something like that. The public is not betting SIU Edwardsville and Tennessee State. So that line move is very indicative of sharp action on the under, which then gives you some some direction to other things you want to look at for a game like that.
1: Yeah, about a minute left. Uh, What about any value from the Missouri uh, Valley Conference? Uh, Any teams out there standing out to you?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I also think, you know, like I talked about already, this is a conference tournament that tilts very, very much towards the under. That's something that's been true for a long period of time. A lot of people really like Missouri State at four to one here. They're in the bottom of the bracket. They wouldn't play Loyola Chicago until they got to the championship game. So that's something that I think makes some sense for them. Also, too, you know, they're a strong offensive team, and they get a really easy first game against the 3-6 winner. And those are things you want to look for, too. You know, Kind of project out who these teams will end up facing, and if it's a good draw for them or if it's not. And I think Missouri State has a really good draw to get to the championship game. Then you're holding a 4-1 to ticket. Then you can decide, do I want to hold it? Do I want to play back at it? What do I want to do here with the equity that I've grown from this bet that I made? So I think that's why a lot of people are looking at Missouri State here, because the bottom of the bracket definitely looks easier, particularly because Northern Iowa gets a rematch here against Loyola Chicago. All
1: right. Always outstanding information from Adam Burke of Eastern Sports Betting Analyst. Again, the uh, send a Daily Newsletter writer, Point Spread Weekly contributor. You can follow Adam Burke on Twitter at Skating Tripods as well. Thanks a lot for your time. Absolutely. Great beer. Great to have you. Uh, coming up next, Josh, we got some more divisional odds breakdown in the National Football League. That's next. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum. VSen, the Sports Betting Network. This segment of Betting Across America is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. Each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find a satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, which is America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. So, Josh, uh, the quarterback drama uh, is yet to unfold, right? It's all over the place. Rumors, speculation everywhere. Uh, I mean, if your future's futures better, certainly you're going to pay attention to all this. But then when it comes to one particular division, what do you do? Like, for instance, the NFC South, uh, the odds are out. The Bucs are the favorite, plus 140. Uh, the Saints are plus 220, Panthers plus 375, the Falcons plus 500. Now we got news that the Falcons are non-committal on on Matt Ryan. You know, Matty Ice, his days are numbered out there. I don't know if the Saints have a quarterback. Uh, same thing with the Bucks. Now speculation about this whole Tom Brady thing too, uh, back in a mix. And then the Panthers. My goodness. Uh, so what do you do from a future standpoint with this particular division?
2: So I think if you're looking toward these divisional odds, this is the division you focus on, just because there's so much volatility, there's so much, you know, so many unanswered questions here, Pritch. That as betters, you're getting plus money obviously on all these teams. This isn't a division where you know you have one team like I think Buffalo is minus 180 there to win the AFC East. So because of that, I think it really if you put in your work, you could cash a pretty nice ticket here with some plus money. Now to me, Pritch, it's all about the quarterbacks here. You know, news flash here, the NFL, uh, it's all about the quarterbacks who mm-hmm. touch the ball every time, have the biggest influence on the game. But let's just go through it. You know, right now the Falcons plus 500, you would think that probably they have the best quarterback in the division. Now, now that Tom Brady's gone and Drew Brees is gone, Matt Ryan's kind of your hold over here. But now you have the GM, Terry Fontenot saying that they're uncommitted to Matt Ryan. Right. So at plus 500. You know, this Falcons team, you like the quarterback, but what else is uh, is on the roster here? Uh, then you go to the Panthers, plus 375. You know, obviously, Matt Rule's a guy who's known as, hey, deeper you get into a program, the better he gets. Obviously, he kind of took a step back uh, this past year. But who are you going to go with? You know, Sam Darnold. Could they make a play in the draft for uh, Willis, who's really getting a lot of pub here, Pritch? Keep an eye on Willis uh, from Liberty, that quarterback. Being the first quarterback selected, hearing a lot of rumors and mock drafts that he could be kind of the trendy play here. Does a team like the Panthers, uh, or do they early, you know, make a play for him? He's probably not ready to start, but they're in the quarterback market. Then you get to the Saints bridge. I don't even know who's going to be the Saints quarterback. I mean, <laughs> do they re-sign Jameis? You know, Ian Book. We saw his one start didn't go very well. That's an open question. Now the Bucks are plus 140. To me, the play on the Bucks is their defense. You know, they still have a great defense here. You still have some good skill position players. But are you going to go with Kyle Trask? You know, you kept keeping the door open here, obviously, with Tom Brady. Pritch, it's tough for me to, you know, really recommend a bet here until we know, obviously, through the draft, through free agency, and through trades who who these quarterbacks will be. But with that being said, you know, if you get some news on maybe a signing here and you can jump on a number before it moves – I still think the Bucks should probably be the favorite because of their defense. But this thing is wide open, Pritch. I could see maybe one of these dogs that we're not thinking about winning this division that's wide open.
1: Yeah, it is really wide open. And when you look at it that way, Josh, I mean, I think uh, so goes the quarterback, goes the team. You're right. Ryan, his days are numbered out there with Atlanta. But you think about Pitts. Now, the Calvin Ridley situation, they got to resolve that. I don't know how they're going to do that, but certainly they can address it through free agency. There's going to be a number of receivers out there and also through the draft. Uh, There's more Justin Jefferson type of receivers out there than, I don't know, Devontae Adams and people like that, right, Uh, coming through the draft. So um, Atlanta can get better in a hurry, Uh, certainly if they resolve the quarterback situation. I don't know if that's Mitchell Trubisky. I don't know if it's somebody like that. Uh, But certainly if you get – a starting caliber quarterback uh, with that roster, with Pitts and, and what they have coming up, uh, Patterson uh, running the football the way that they want to, the physical nature at uh, plus five hundred—that's not a bad shot in this division in particular.
2: I'm thinking the same thing, Pritch. Here, you know your former team. You know one way to attack it is if you're in a division with not many good quarterbacks here. Mm-hmm. Then how about you load up on your offense and try to outscore different teams? I right. think that could be an angle here. So plus a plus 500, I'm with you. Pitts is your cornerstone as your tight end, Matt Ryan. We all you know kind of give him some some criticism here and there, but still a uh, an NFL style quarterback who uh, is a veteran can get the ball to open receivers. Now w- I'm interested, Pritch. Number eight, the Falcons. There are some mock drafts that have uh, Gardner Sauce, Gardner. That really good cornerback mm-hmm. from Cincinnati going number eight, but I'm thinking number eight. There's a name out there that I hope the uh, other teams aren't listening. I want, I want them to fall to my Patriots, but Drake London, that six five uh, receiver there uh, out of I think USC, he could be a guy that could be targeting. And if you could have you know a six five Drake London with Kyle Pitts with Patterson, you know as your Swiss Army knife. I think that would be the angle here. Load up on offense and outscore these other teams. The defense, I don't think anyone's going to be better than the Bucks, but can you put up enough points to outscore them? The Falcons plus 500 have some value, especially if with that eighth pick they target a wide receiver.
1: Yeah, because we know the Saints are in uh, a difficult situation with the salary cap. I think the Falcons have work to do with their salary cap too uh, as we're rapidly approaching the free agency period or legal tampering period if you want, even though – there's been a lot of illegal tampering going on right now, um, especially at the combine it's, it's incredible what's taken place. Uh, and then the Panthers, you know, this is an organization uh, not shy about wanting a quarterback uh, flirted with Deshaun Watson a little bit. I don't know if that's going to work out or, or not had to go in that direction, to be honest with you. Uh, but it seems like the Panthers, even with their head coach, Matt rule. I mean, it, there's so much uncertainty uh, with that organization. They got cap space, um, but if you look at the teams in this division, the Buccaneers, I think free agency can uh, go in the wrong direction for them. I know they're fingers crossed, toes crossed, that Tom Brady comes back out of retirement. Who knows? Uh, but I wouldn't bet on the Buccaneers, that even at plus 140 at this point.
2: Yeah, it's tough because, again, you're banking on Kyle Trask probably to be your guy. You're banking on Brady to come out of retirement. So Mm. these are things like a wish list here that I don't know if either of these are going to really pan out for you. I guess with Trask, you know, he's got the physical traits bridge. He played at a big school at Florida. He was able to study under Brady for uh, for a year here. So that kind of makes a little bit of sense. But to me, the Panthers are the wild card. You kind of like what they're doing defensively, Uh, you know, drafting J.C. Horn and some of these other guys. They took Brown a few years ago. But quarterback, what are you going to do? Are you going to go with Darnold? Is Cam Newton going to be your guy again? The tough spot with the Panthers and the Falcons are that if you want to take a quarterback, not a lot of mock drafts have a QB worthy of drafting that high, you know, six, seven, eight, nine. So do you overdraft and, you know, go for, uh, you know, go too early on one of these players, a picket, a Willis who needs some time. Uh, I think the spot that the saints are in is kind of interesting because I think they're picking what around like 20, something around there or 18, you know, Matt Corral could be there. Pickett right. could be there to me. That's more of a value play. But when you're one of these teams that needs a quarterback, I don't think you want to reach there in a top 10 play instead, maybe look at alignment or, uh, or, you know, offensive player to make it a little bit easier here on whoever the quarterback
1: will be. Yeah, right now the Atlanta Falcons are over the cap by $6 million. Now they can adjust a lot of salaries and get under cap for sure uh, and still be a player in free agency, I believe, restructuring the Matt Ryan situation too. The the Saints, completely different. If they go rookie quarterback, I certainly wouldn't bet uh, a future on uh, a head coach, a new head coach and Dennis Allen, uh, and teaming him up with uh, a rookie quarterback. That just doesn't sound like a good bet uh, on, uh, on, any level.
2: It really doesn't pitch. And again, you know, the, one of the tried and true caps here when it comes to win totals is fade, rookie coaches, fade, rookie quarterbacks. So uh, I know the coach, the coach there, uh, Allen with the, the saints, you know, he's been there a while. He yeah. uh, was a coach of the Raiders for a bit, but you're pretty much kind of back to that rookie coach mode, rookie quarterback, if it's corral or some of these other guys. So to me, again, when you're in a division with, Quarterbacks up in the air. Number one, I got to know who the quarterbacks will be before I place the futures bet. But number two, no matter who they are, Pritch, I'd target some unders in this division. I, there's been a lot of games where you know Carolina plays Atlanta, or you know Bucks play the Saints. Uh, obviously with Brady and the Breeze, the numbers are different. But with totals of like you know 45 that get steamed down to like 43, I could see some lower scoring games in a division where your quarterbacks uh, really are not up to snuff compared to some other
1: divisions. Right. I mean Bruce Arians with uh, you. Mem- you mentioned. Uh, Trask, I, I, how about Blaine Gabbert? <laughs> he could be your starter if Tom Brady stays retired. Uh, I, I don't know. Arthur Smith seems appealing to me at plus 500 uh, in this division. Uh, the more I think about it, Josh, uh, that's not a bad situation right there.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. And again, when all these question marks are here, why would you lay the chalk in a you know a prop bet uh, mm-hmm. with so many unanswered questions? So I'm with you. Plus 500. The other thing is, you know, let's get the strength of schedules. Let's kind of you know map out uh, each game, and we'll get some look ahead lines as well. But yeah, Pritch, your former team plus 500. To me, that sounds. I feel like they should all be you know closer to uh, I don't know like plus 200. All these teams. The fact that you're getting that number with a team that does have some pieces already, that could be worth a look in terms
1: of value play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got Matt Rule already firing. Coach- Coaches and you know, coaches that he hired, and, and so he's under uh, fire out there, and still no quarterback situation. Now, defensively, they built uh, okay. Uh, you're right; they drafted well, but now looking for results, and I, I don't know if that comes this year uh, within inside that division. Uh, well, Josh, um, you met, we've talked about some college hoops. Uh, and you know some plays that we were reluctant to play. I'm talking about myself here. Uh, not going to be reluctant, I think, moving forward as we get closer and closer to conference tournament time. So we got some games and college hoops breakdown as well as the NBA. We're going to get to that next right here on VSEN, Esports Betting Network. Betting Network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Just place a $10 Moneyline wager on any game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSEN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over $20. MGM Resorts nationwide. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Once again, use bonus code VSEN200 to win $200 in free bets. If a three-pointer is made in the NBA game you wager on, visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. 1-800-GAMBLER. If you feel that you have a gambling problem, promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. So, college hoops, Josh, key games uh, in the SEC. I was going to ask Adam Burke about approaching conference tournament time. How do you bet conference tournament when it comes to the SEC? I mean, this thing is going to be incredible, but we got this featured game, LSU-Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas is uh, unbelievable in terms of how they rise to the occasion against these big opponents. Uh, Kentucky stands out to me. Uh, LSU wants to pressure you. I-, I wonder how Arkansas is going to adjust to that with the backcourt, laying five and a half points, 142s a total.
2: Yeah, so I think, you know, Pritch, this is a blueprint play for me if you want to take LSU. I think there's a lot of value on the dog here plus the points. So just from a uh, public mindset perspective, you know, Arkansas, 14th team in the country. Mm-hmm. LSU is unranked. Arkansas is 23-6. and six. They've won a ton of games in a row here. Uh, LSU just beat Missouri and covered the number of their last game. But prior to that, they had lost two in a row. So kind of the, the, uh, the public mindset to me is, hey, lay the points with Arkansas, higher-ranked team, uh, better record, at home, short number, no questions asked, lay the chalk here. But kind of what the market's telling me, Pritch, is some buyback or at least some reverse line movement on LSU. You have Arkansas, one of the most lopsided plays of of the night tonight, getting almost 70, 80 percent of bets. Yet they open at some shops laying six. And now they're down to five and a half. Some of these five and a half openers have stayed five and a half. So whether you're the five and a half line freeze or the six down to five and a half reverse line move, you know, despite all this heavy public betting in Arkansas, why aren't they up to minus seven, you know, minus eight, you know, theoretically or typically you get these really lopsided plays where the odds makers have to adjust the number further to the popular side because they got to mitigate their risk. They have to entice some betting on the other team at a better number. That's not what's happening here. Heavy betting Razorbacks, yet the line pretty much stayed where it's at or dipped a little bit. So I'll take LSU plus the points here. Pritch uh, is it my favorite play of the day? No, definitely mm-hmm. not. But uh, because you're seeing this liability to me, it tells me if you can maybe find a six, a lot of them are gone at this point, but even the, at the five and a half tells me reverse line movement is here with LSU.
1: Okay. I need a market report on UConn. Creighton. Uh, Creighton got them first time around. I think it was like low scoring game 59, to 55. I want to say yep. 59, 55. Uh, UConn was able to cash a ticket on them, Josh. Now on the road into Nebraska, minus four. uh, And we also have 135, the total in this one. Uh, Creighton's going to be without um, uh, one key player for them. He's having wrist surgery or he's injured his wrist, so he's not going to be available. Uh, But just a market report on this game. I'm curious uh, what, what it's indicating to you.
2: Yeah, so first wanted to mention real quick with that Arkansas game, yep. Ken Palm only has Arkansas winning by three points. Okay. So if you're getting that five and a half, maybe that's a reason why you know grabbing the points here might have some value in terms of an analytics value play. But for this one, Pritch Connecticut uh, Creighton. I would lean Creighton uh, here as well. You know, hmm. UConn's on the road, another popular bet. They're getting about 65% of bets across the market, not as lopsided as that Arkansas play, but still a public play. And yet, the line really hasn't budged at all. A lot of these books open, Connecticut laying four. I think at one point, this line may have ticked up to five. When it got to five, there was some buyback there on Creighton, bringing it back down to four. But if you look at kind of the opening number, you know, take the moves in the middle and then look at what the current number is. It really hasn't adjusted despite the fact that you're getting heavy betting UConn. Now Ken Palm has Creighton losing by two points. So this is another, you know, analytics based value play where hey the reason why the line isn't going further to Yukon is maybe because, you know, these advanced analytics kind of say, hey, this is more of a you know one possession type game. So I'll grab the points there, Pritch. Also I would say a lot of money to the over here. It opened around like 133 and a half. It's now all the way up to around 135. We have seen a lot of these, you know, overs hit uh, in terms of these conference tournaments. This is just a regular game, but still, you know, some money to the over. But if you're making me bet this one, Pritch, I'll look at Creighton plus the points. here.
1: Okay. any other um, schools standing out to you from a line movement standpoint, market insight standpoint uh, that you want to highlight here?
2: Yeah. So a couple Pritch. So first one, uh, St. John's. So mm-hmm. uh, this one is for my fiance, Elise, who went to St. John's proud St. <laughs> John's alum here, but not the only reason I'm betting it, but I think it's a good spot to sweat the Johnny boys here. Uh, a lot of these books open at like a pick'em or just like a very slight minus one St. John's. We've seen a lot of this movement go straight towards St. John's. They're up to minus one and a half. Some books even got to two at two. You had a little buyback on Xavier. But This is a play on St. John's for me, Pritch on the money line. Uh, offensively, they're averaging 80 points a game, only 73 for Xavier. Uh, St. John's 11 and six at home. Xavier has really struggled on the road. They're only four and five on the road, but uh, they've lost six straight. And again, typically I like to bet on these teams that are struggling here, uh, but the way the, the Johnny boys are trending based on the way Xavier is trending. I think you're getting a low number here with St. John's uh, our buddy. Ken Palm has them winning by one Greg hoops. Our guy has a uh, minus two and a half here. All movement has been towards St. John's at home. Uh, and these teams did play back on February 16th. St. John's won. At Xavier, eighty-six to seventy-three. This Xavier team, Pritch, they start off red hot. I think they're like twelve and zero or like thirteen and one to start the year. They really tailed off as you get deeper into the year. So I'll take St. John's here on
1: the money line at home. Pretty much all movement and liability in their favor. Okay. And was there another play there in college hoops, or is that it? We got. We got a bunch, Pritch, oh. so let
2: me, let me throw another one at <laughs> <Okay>. you.
1: <laughs> well, because I was going to um, get to the NBA with you, too, because of the Booker news and, and you know, the line movement. I was curious about that. But uh, certainly, what else is standing out to you from a college hoop standpoint?
2: So just a couple here, Pritch. Middle Tennessee State, that caught my eye. They're on the road at Charlotte. Middle Tennessee State opened as a kind of like a pick type number, a minus one. They've been now bet up to minus two. Uh, some of these shops inching up like it may go to two and a half. Ken Palm and Greg Hoops both have Middle Tennessee State winning by three, uh, ranked much higher here, 97th in the country versus 191 for Ken Palm. Better offense, defense, and rebounding. Middle Tennessee State has won eight straight games, and they're 13-3 and three in conference play, whereas Charlotte is only 8-8. Eight and eight. So I, I really lean a lot on when you get to this time of year, Pritch, how do you do in these big games where you're kind of in a rivalry spot, Middle Tennessee State has come through quite a bit. Charlotte has not. To me, that number's a little bit low. I I money line Middle Tennessee State around minus 130.
1: Okay, and then market update time because of Portland, Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix, Phoenix, uh, (laughs) They're getting Cameron Payne just in time, right? They're getting him back just in time. He's upgraded to probable uh, because Devin Booker is on the COVID reserve list, I believe, because of protocols. So the line is still 11. And I get what Portland's going through right now, Josh, uh, what is that market indicating right now? Again, laying 11, 224 and a to total. So great spot by you there, Pritch. I'm, I'm deep in college hoops. I missed
2: this Devin Booker <laughs> news. I'm just getting that, getting to it now, but uh, the adjustment there was, you know, the Suns were at, at minus 13, 12 mm-hmm. minus 12 and a half okay. uh, with Booker in these COVID protocols. Now they're down to 11. Uh, I think the easy thing would be just say, take the points with the Blazers. But one thing we've learned about the suns, Pritch missing Chris Paul hasn't really hurt them at all. Mm-hmm. Missing Booker, you know, does Cameron Johnson step up? You know, I think a lot of these players you could maybe target. Uh, I think at, at a good number for daily fantasy, if you're a DFS player or a Props player here, and then also you hit the nail on the head with Portland. This is a team that uh, really is kind of imploding, and you know, again, I know they had a three-game win streak uh, about a week ago, but they've lost two straight. A lot of their starters are out. You trade away uh, McCollum here, Nurkic, their big man. He's going to be out for this one as well. So I don't have a play on this game, Pritch. I just want caution. A lot of betters like yeah. on the news that Booker's out. I think it's automatically, hey, take the points there with the Blazers, but. Missing Booker and the line only dropped, you know, 12 and a half to 11 tells me that
1: the odds makers are still bullish on the Suns, probably winning this game by double digits. Well, Portland's got an entirely new team out there on the floor. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's going to be incredible for them to scrape together a performance. Uh, Payne, keep an eye on that, though. Uh, probably stay glued to Twitter, uh, whether he's upgraded just different reports, whether he's upgraded to probable or questionable uh, with that risk situation right there. Uh, they would be without a point guard for sure. Uh, a proven one, anyway, and then without Booker, it uh, gets dicey to me when you think about the Suns, uh, and then the Indiana Pacers. Josh, I, I believe you might have a play here. So
2: this is my play of the day. Again, doesn't mean you're putting 10 units on it. There's no uh, Vegas Dave 50, you know, 50 unit bomb heel wh- whale play, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But regular bet for me, like any other bet but I'm going to try to get some revenge on that play last night from the Golden State Warriors. So (laughs) this one reminds me a lot like that a really sharp dog to fave line move toward the Indiana Pacers. Now, uh, we did see this in college earlier today. We kind of talked about it earlier in the show, but same thing with uh, North Carolina A&T. They opened as a dog, went to a favorite, ended up winning and covering that game. Same thing here uh, in the NBA with the Pacers. The Pacers actually opened a two-point dog in this game. They've been flipped all the way to a -a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So a big move here toward Indiana. I like to be with this dog-to-fave line move. I money-lined the Pacers a little bit earlier today, around minus 120. Uh, I'm wondering if there's an injury or something at play here. What's interesting is uh, these teams just met, so they're playing the second uh, of kind of a, not a back-to-back, but they played each other just a few days ago. You did have uh, in this spot Orlando won 119, 103. So you got some road refs. Road favorites are 55% ATS this year. I'm going to be with that sharp move. Give me the Pacers on the money line, Pritch. Let's get some revenge for those of us who got a good number but lost on Golden
1: State last All right. Time. Is revenge betting allowed? I didn't know if that was allowed hey. or not. Uh, don't bet based on emotion, Pritch, but if it's a, uh, an analytics play in revenge, even better. All right. The debut of uh, James Harden uh, at home for Philly, too. I'll have my eyes uh, on that game against the Knicks. Great job. We'll see you tomorrow. Appreciate it, Pritch. Good luck. All right.